Again, good morning. Uh, take your Bibles, if you would, please. Turn to the book of Leviticus, which is the third book in the, in the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. If you would please turn to Leviticus chapter 18. I'd love for you, if you have a Bible. Hey, by the way, if you don't, and, and if you want to, if you don't have one at all, and you want to take one home, we've got some paperback Bibles. I think they're blue and white in the foyer. You could grab one of those and feel free. You don't have to ask. You could take that home. If you need that, by all means. Third book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, chapter 18. I want to uh, speak to you today about the Bible and homosexuality and transgenderism. Or if you want the, just the abbreviated title, uh, it would be the Bible and homosexuality. But we'll try to speak about both, homosexuality and transgenderism. We'll, you could say that the text is Leviticus 18.22, but the text is also the whole Bible. The text is the whole Bible. And so let's look at... And my prayer is that every Sunday that we would tremble before the word of the Lord, for he is holy. Uh, Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22 says this, You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Let's pray together. Join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what Paul says to Timothy in those words that many of us know, that all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for the teaching, for the correction, for the reproof, for the rebuke of your people. Help us, Lord. Build us up in grace. We thank you that as believers we are not pledging our allegiance to Moses. We thank you for Moses. We thank you that all of your word is just that. It is your word. We thank you that, again, as Paul said to Timothy, it is able to make us wise for salvation through Christ Jesus our Lord. We thank you rather that we pledge our allegiance and help us to do that. Lord, help us to do that. Help us not to pledge our allegiance, certainly not to a rainbow flag, not Not to the American flag as though it were our God. We do pledge allegiance to the American flag. But Lord, we pledge allegiance also and primarily to Christ our Lord, who is king over all kings, who is king and Lord over our president. We pray for our president. Have mercy upon him. Give him sound counselors. And Lord Jesus, we confess that you are king over all certainly over Putin, over all magistrates. Help us, Lord. We want to see Jesus. 
We pray for your help. His name, amen. Uh, You all very probably know the verse, for God so loved the world. You all very probably know it. I know it. Listen to it. Listen to it as I read it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Please hear that this morning. One of the main things that we're going to do this morning is we want to look at Scripture. As I already said, the the text is Leviticus 18.22 and the whole Bible. I'm going to be inviting you this morning to walk with me. I would really love it if you would do that. And I'll try to make it easy on us so that we won't be going back, but we will be going to different passages and we'll just go from the beginning to the end, okay? And that'd be great if you could at, at least just listen carefully And if you can go with me as well, as much as you can, that'd be great. Uh, We'll be thinking about the Bible and homosexuality and transgenderism. And we'll just simply look at two things, very simply. And of course, we'll also try to put all of this together. But we'll just simply look at two things. We'll look at what the Bible says about homosexuality in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament. Okay. Before we jump right into that, Okay, and I do want to do that because I just want to let the Word of God dictate everything this morning. Before we do that, let me say a word, uh, and let me just say a word about Proverbs and Pride Month. Proverbs and Pride Month. I think you know what Pride Month is, so-called Pride Month. I just heard uh, recently something that I like, a good brother, he said, you know, let's, let's call this instead, let's call June Life Month because it was last year that uh, a bit of a miracle, a bit of a miracle that uh, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. And so let's instead take so-called Pride Month and, and refer to it as Life Month and give thanks to God, even as we also understand, right, that that momentous decision uh, still leaves us, God helping us with a lot of work to do. So that, th- this, that battle is not over at all. So many of those types of things actually intertwine this morning. So many of those things, even though we're talking about this one issue, there's a bearing on many different things. So uh, Proverbs, just very quickly, Proverbs and Pride Month. Proverbs 16, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs 18, Before destruction a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Hey, without even thinking about homosexuality or transgenderism, you need to listen to this this morning about pride. It's it's deadly. Proverbs 21, Haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked are sin. Proverbs 29, One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. We all know what Pride Month is. Uh, We know, of course, that it is the promotion and the celebration of what is called LGBTQ+. We know what it is. 
Proverbs chapter 6, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. I told you these things kind of go together, right? There's abortion. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Did you hear that, church? God hates that. Proverbs 16, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. God thinks pride is an abomination, and God thinks prideful people are an abomination. That's not what I said. That's what the Bible says. It's not just, God doesn't just consider a thing an abomination. Proverbs says prideful people are an abomination to him. Dear friends, we need to repent and fall on our knees and say, God, give us a holy trembling before your word. Help us, Lord. So I just wanted, like I said, to give you for a moment pride and, or Proverbs and Pride Month. Proverbs and Pride Month. Let me ask you a few questions as we think about this this morning. I'm just going to pose these questions and I'll only answer immediately maybe one or two of them, okay? Let me ask you some questions. Is it okay to attend or to participate in a so-called same-sex marriage ceremony? Just think about these this morning. Is it okay to attend or to participate in a so-called same-sex marriage ceremony? How about this one? If we come to the conclusion that homosexual acts, conduct, if we come to the conclusion that homosexual acts are sinful, does that mean that we also have to say that homosexual desires are sinful? What do you think about that? Don't answer out loud, of course. Is that, is that different? Attraction, desires, attitudes. Is that different from actual acts and conduct? What about the term gay Christian? Is that an okay term for us to use? If you're not aware, that's uh, among professing Christians, that's a, become a very common term, gay Christian. What about this? Should we call people by their, uh, quote, preferred pronouns if they have chosen to identify as a different gender? Should we oblige them in, in their uh, preferred gender and use their preferred pronouns? Should we boycott Target? Can I still pull for the Dodgers? Answer, no, you should not have been doing that in the first place. Didn't you know there's a team called the Cincinnati Reds? What if we end up on the wrong side of history? Let me also immediately answer that question. The Church of Jesus Christ is the only group that will not end up on the wrong side of history. At the end of the day. Well, maybe we'll come back to those. You remember our very simple plan this morning with God's help is to look at the whole Bible, number one, the Old Testament and what it says to us because it is the very Word of God and what it says to us about homosexuality and transgenderism and the New Testament and then to see it through Jesus Christ and with God's help to kind of put it all together, okay? So Leviticus 18 Leviticus 18, verse 22, 
says again, as we've read, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Now, you don't have to turn there. I want you to stay right there in Leviticus, unless you just want to turn. But one passage that we could have gone to, uh, that for the sake of time we're not going to. By the way, I'm giving you this morning, I'm giving you pretty much all of the main passages. There may be other passages. I am giving you this morning, if you want to jot these down, I'm giving you all of the main passages. Okay, That's all we're doing. The first one, if you want to go to the first place in the Bible and just listen to this, we all know the term sodomy. And of course, there used to be sodomy laws on the books for all 50 states. That, that's certainly a thing of the past, and people debate about whether that's good or not or something like that. We all know the term sodomy, and so let me just read to you for a minute from Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19, two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the town square. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man, surrounded the house, and they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. Lot went out to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him, and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. That's also wicked for Lot to do that. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. But they said, stand back. This fellow came to sojourn, and he has become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Then they pressed hard. So, Again, we're starting in Leviticus 18, but I wanted to reference that term, sodomy in Genesis chapter 19, Sodom. Which, by the way, there is a passage later in the prophets in Ezekiel that some people, by the way, they say, well, you know, the sin of of Sodom was not number one homosexuality because the Bible actually does say that, that one of their sins was uh, a lack of hospitality. And so people say, well, their sin was a lack of hospitality, and, and why do we focus so much on this? And, well, we'll come back to that later on in the Bible. But let's continue, and, I, and again, I'd love for you to go with me. Get the context in Luke 18. Get the context, Luke, I'm sorry, Leviticus 18. Leviticus 18, 19. You shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness while she is in her menstrual uncleanness. Leviticus 18, 19. By the way, this what is all this about in Leviticus? He is holy. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And you shall not lie sexually with your neighbor's wife, and so make yourself unclean with her. Leviticus 18.21 You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. You shall not lie with any animal. So he's talking about bestiality. And so make yourself unclean with it. Neither shall any woman give herself to an animal. 
to lie with it, it is perversion. Do not make yourself unclean by any of these things. For by all these, the nations I am driving out before you have become unclean. And the land became unclean so that I punished this iniquity. Verse 26, but you shall keep my statutes and my rules and do none of these abominations. Either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. Verse 29, for everyone who does any of these abominations, the persons who do them shall be cut off from among their people. So keep my charge never to practice any of these abominable customs that were practiced before you and never to make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. You notice there in verse 22, which is the key verse that it says, you shall not lie with the males with the woman. Does he... Is he giving a pass for female homosexuality? Well, we know that he's not doing that, right? You'll notice also that it says that it is an abomination. That it is an abomination. This This verse, I'm going to be quoting some from different study Bibles just to let you know that. This verse prohibits homosexual intercourse for men. All the practices forbidden in chapter 18 are repugnant according to the summary of the chapter. The term abomination, although it's, listen to me, although it's used in other places in this paragraph, it is used uniquely in this verse. The term abomination in the ESV is used uniquely in verse 22 to emphasize how repulsive and shameful such sexual acts are. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. These acts are at odds with the basic creation design. What does that mean? It just means the word abomination is not accidental. You know, sometimes we say, well, why why is the church so hung up on this? Why is it so hung up? I mean, and we say this is a sin like any other sin. And in one sense, that's true. And in another sense, it's, it's not true. Okay, Leviticus chapter 20. Turn over to Leviticus chapter 20. Verse 13. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13. If a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If a man takes a woman and her mother also, it is depravity. He and they shall be burned with fire, that there may be no depravity among you. If a man lies with an animal, he shall surely be put to death. Can I give you the positive? My burden is to give you the positive this morning. I also give you the quote-unquote negative because it is the Word of God. But do you know what the quote-unquote positive? Hey, it's all the Word of God. It's all for us. The positive is biblical sexuality and biblical view of gender. The positive is what Jesus teaches. Oh, Paul talks about this and the Old Testament talks about this, but Jesus doesn't touch this. I'm sorry you're wrong. I'm sorry you're wrong. Christians are people... The simplest definition of a Christian is someone who follows Jesus. When you boil, listen to me, when you boil everything down this morning, it's do you receive the authority of the revolution? Because that's what it is. It's a sexual revolution. Do you receive the authority of the revolution or do you receive, as it's it's been said, the authority of revelation? As it's been said, it's revolution versus revelation. Not trying to be cute here, not trying to make it sound more than it is. 
That's just what it is. It's a sexual revolution. And it is versus revelation. Versus revelation. So the positive is this. The positive is that for our good, listen to me, and for our joy and happiness, because God is good and God is loving and God withholds nothing good from his people. God withholds nothing good from his people. He gives us the good gift of sex to be freely and happily enjoyed in marriage. Listen to me. Lifelong marriage between one man and one woman in the covenant of marriage. Oh, the positive is good through Jesus Christ. If you think this is negative, well, first of all, it's not what we're looking at. This is healthy. This is life-giving. And the positive, I'll say it again if you want that, is that one man, one woman in covenant marriage for life is where God has given this good gift to be enjoyed by His people to the everlasting praise and glory of His name. Leviticus 20.13 again is, is quite clear. And again, the book of Leviticus is the same as the New Testament. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. You and I can't be holy on our own, but through Jesus Christ and through Him being cut off on the cross, you might even say through, through His circumcision, through Him being cut off on the cross, through His shed blood, that His atonement for sinners, we are, 1 Corinthians 6, sanctified. We are washed clean. Leviticus 20, verse 10. Oh, and by the way, homosexuality is one sexual sin among many that is prohibited in Scripture. Adultery, fornication, that's an old-fashioned word that is rampant in the church today. And we need to bring back this old-fashioned word, which is a biblical word, Adultery, fornication, bestiality, prostitution, pornography, homosexuality. There's one way, and it's Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ gives us Song of Solomon. Marriage, one man, one woman, for life, covenant, covenant. Young people, by the grace of God, go against the tide. Deuteronomy chapter 22. Come on, let's go. Deuteronomy chapter 22. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, fifth book in the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 22, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5. This one is particularly, we've been thinking about homosexuality. This one has particular bearing on transgenderism. 
Uh, I don't have to tell you the stories like this. Uh, I came across this in the book, The Gathering Storm. I'm a big fan. My family and I have been playing tennis lately at Wayne Community College. We love to get out there and, and hit around. I've always enjoyed tennis. You might know the name Martina Navratilova. Uh, you might know that name. She won the Wimbledon Women's Singles title nine times. Nine times Martina Navratilova won Wimbledon. And her name appears in the headlines today. Not Her name appears not for her athleticism, but for her collision with the transgender revolution. And so it's the same thing as J.K. Rowling, who wrote the Harry Potter books. J.K. Rowling is, you know, a totally unashamed feminist, which is, which is another thing that has wreaked, ha- wreaked havoc in the church of Jesus Christ. Um, and there's basically, basically nothing good that's come of modern feminism. Uh, she's uh, J.K. Rowling, a total feminist, but she gets in trouble when she speaks against transgenderism. Martina Navratilova, nine-time Wimbledon champion, champion for gay rights, champion for gay rights, She says in 2018, you can't compete in women's sports just because you say you're a woman. And boy, does the whole world come down on her, it seems like. And she has to apologize. Nine-time Wimbledon champion. You you know there's so many stories like this uh, to where even, even those who champion the gay movement, because the marker's always going to move. The marker of the word of God will not move, dear friends. We must live in our day. We must live in our day. We must take the word of God and and think carefully about how we live in our day. But the word of God and the gospel does not change. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And unless we know that we're sinners, that will not be good news to us. That will not be good news to us. And so Deuteronomy 22.5 is especially helpful for transgenderism. Deuteronomy 22.5, a woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. One brother says this, listen, he says this, as believers, we should be among those who celebrate men being masculine and women being feminine, both in the way we act and in the way we dress. Wayne Grudem is a good brother. He's getting older and he says, you know, I, th- I think he might even say, you know, but take me for an old, oldie fogey or whatever that word is. And he says, you know, forgive me, but I don't mind in a pinch if my wife in public needs me to help her hold her purse for a minute. He said, but I've just never loved doing it. He said, you know, I don't mind in a pinch. That's fine. I understand she needs my help in a pinch to hold her purse in public. And, and, and again, there's no bashing here this morning. But he says, I just, I don't like it. For 50 years I've been married, he says. He says basically, and these are not his exact words, but he says, call me old. But he says, I, I kind of get it. Back in the 60s when parents said, boys, your hair's long. You look like girls. No, again, this brother says this. As believers, we should be among those who celebrate men being masculine and we, women being feminine, both in the way we act and in the way we dress. I'll just tell you what we believe here at this church when it comes to men and women. We believe they're totally equal in creation. We believe they're totally equal in Jesus Christ, and we believe that they're different. We believe that they're different. We believe that there's different roles for men and women in the church, in the home, and in society. You know, our military is confused about this. We're having a conversation about women in combat when we should be having a conversation about much earlier types of things than that. 
We teach that men and women are fully equal in Jesus Christ, and we should not, we should not minimize differences. We should not minimize differences. Bear with me. This tried to pray a lot and, and study a lot this, for this morning. I, as I studied, I found this. This is interesting. An average man is taller and heavier than an average woman. Girls on average enter into puberty approximately two years before boys. Men have larger hearts and lungs, and their higher levels of testosterone cause them to produce greater amounts of red blood cells. Men have better distance vision and depth perception. Women have better night vision and better visual memory. Women are more sensitive to sound than men. Men, on average, are over 30% stronger than women, especially in the upper body. Men's skin has more collagen and sebum, which makes it thicker and oilier than women's skin. No. My wife will tell you, yeah, this is an oily guy. (laughs) Women generally have a greater body fat percentage than men. Men and women are similar and different. And... The whole Bible assumes this. And Deuteronomy 22.5 talks about uh, transvestism. Transvestism. A woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God. Turn to Romans chapter 1. This is obviously a little bit of a different sermon than, than is typical this morning. Romans chapter 1. Now, before we look at that, I want you to listen to this. I want to stop and I want to remind you of something. Listen to this before we look at Romans chapter 1. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I know that verse by heart. You know it. I just want to read it and emphasize it. I've told you before, not only should you not get too familiar with John 3.16 and say, oh, I know John. Do you really know how, how awesome John 3.16 is? I've told you before, don't forget about the whole chapter of John chapter 3. And so before Romans chapter 1, can I just give you just another quick minute here in John chapter 3? I'm just trying to tell you again what I've told you before. John 3.16, don't take it for granted. Study it. Go back to it. And the whole chapter. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. But in order that the world might be saved through Him, whoever believes in Him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered, Are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... 
so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. The Son of Man, friends, has been lifted up on the cross, on Calvary, so that whoever looks, look to Jesus this morning. Look to Jesus. And you will be saved. Whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. Romans chapter 1, verse 26. Romans 1, 26. Are you there? Or at least listening. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. I asked you a question earlier. Can we differentiate, listen, can we differentiate homosexual conduct, actual practice, which by now we see, and of course we've moved into part two, right? We've moved into the New Testament. By now we see that homosexual activity according to the Bible, is sinful. Can we differentiate that activity with what you might call same-sex attraction or desires or attitudes? And my answer to that, which is not of utmost importance, my answer to that based on Scripture, as I understand Scripture, emphasis on as I understand Scripture, my emphasis is that you cannot differentiate those two. Explain what I mean. Desires, any desire that is against the will of God, any desire against the will of God is sin. Right? Jesus says there's murder and hatred in your heart can equal murder. Now listen, listen. There is a difference. There is a difference between homosexual activity and homo... There is a difference. What I'm saying is that they're both sin. Dear friend, did you hear me say this morning that if that's you this morning, that you should get up and leave now? And you did not hear me say that at all. I can tell you as one of the pastors of this church that we are not perfect because I'm start with myself, but I can tell you that this is a loving church and we would love nothing else for you to, to walk with us. I can tell you that those who say, Uh, we are for gay rights and God is a God of love. They have it all wrong because God is a God of love. But the authority of Scripture, God is holy. It's a God of holy love. No, so what I'm saying is that both the desire is sinful and the action is sinful, but it is better not to actually commit adultery than to lust and want to commit adultery. To desire adultery is sin. To desire and covet as has been said, one illustration has been given, to covet your neighbor's farm animal is sin. Because it all comes from the heart. The gospel is not about putting a band-aid on your boo-boo. The gospel is about heart renovation through Jesus Christ and through the cross of Christ. So they're both sin, even as we say there's also clearly a difference. Better not, this is a bad way of putting it, Better not to murder the man if you hate him than to hate him and murder him. Again, Romans 1, 26 and 27, which we've just read. Would you glance down at verse 32? And would you think again about Pride Month? Now stay with me. 
Stay with me this morning. Glance down at Romans 1.32. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. See that verse? That's Pride Month in America. Listen, because people know. Because it's, a, it's, it's evidence in creation. God has given you two C's. Dear friend, do not tell the two C's that God has given you to shut up. He's given you a conscience, which we all say, shut up, shut up, shut up. And He's given us creation. And these things are clear in creation and in conscience. And people in Pride Month, they fundamentally know. People know. So you, when you witness, you don't have to go and start and say, let me prove to you the existence of God. Let me give you a scientific argument because I want to prove to you the existence of God. There's a place for those things. But Romans 1 says people know, and because we've all re rejected the knowledge of God, Every person in this world needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in order to be saved. There is no salvation apart from the explicit proclamation of the gospel. Why? Why? People don't die for lack of hearing the gospel. People die because we're all in Adam and because we all have a sin nature and because we have all already rejected God. All of us have. And so verse 32 is so pertinent because people know, listen, people know, and they say, if you come join me, and not only if you come join me, but if you celebrate this with me, then we can continue to stamp down consciousness. And that's where we are as a society. It's, these things are normal. And fornication among Christians is normal. And adultery is normal. And, 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 we, and it's just, it's not that bad, we say. But of course, this is one of the clearest passages. It is contrary to nature. And this passage itself, by the way, Romans 1, 26 through 27, it answers that question. Are desires also sinful? Yes, because it talks clearly about 26 and 27, dishonorable passions. Do you see that? Dishonorable passions. Verse 27, we're consumed with passion. Dear friends, that's not natural. That's sinful. That's dishonorable. And it is like all other sins, and it's not like all other sins. It's, it's an abomination before the Lord. And Jesus Christ came to this world to save sinners. So what? So what? We've seen the Bible and homosexuality and transgenderism in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And I need your attention as we answer finally this question, so what? 1 Corinthians 6, 9. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. First Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Man, the church, they just focus so much on homosexuality. No, we're talking about greed as well. But, verse 11, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. And what did he say at the beginning of verse 11 that I left out? And such were some of you. 
Dear friends, dear friends, far be it from any of us, far be it from any of us to ever say, you know, that's just one sin that I would just, you know, I would just not like to be ever a part of our church if somebody was repentant. Far be it from us. And such were some of you. Hear the gospel this morning. Such were some of you. Some of you were living a life, listen, that was characterized by greed. Some of you were living a life that was characterized by adultery. Some of you were living a life that was characterized by sexual immorality, pornography, bestiality, adultery, fornication. But God, but God, but God being rich in mercy through Jesus Christ for what we do not deserve, we deserve hell. We deserve hell, but God. Some of you were thieves before Christ. I take it that this passage, as you know, I take it that this passage is talking about a pattern of life. Not one time. If that were the case, then these Corinthians could not have been told what Paul told them. You're in the church now. You're believers now. You're followers of Jesus Christ. Such were some of you, but but you were washed. People say, well, what about the fact? Listen, what about the fact that aren't some people born gay? Aren't some people born gay? And if what is meant by that, which I would say 99.9% of the time what is meant by that, is that this is who I am and I can never change, that's dead wrong according to the Bible. According to the Bible, that's dead wrong because we preach a message of hope in Jesus Christ. We want to be truth tellers. As Al Mohler has said, we have two jobs as the church. Two jobs in light of this as the church. We have one job, which is to preach true liberty through Jesus Christ. This whole thing is about autonomy. This whole thing goes back to let me be who I'm going to be. I will choose my gender. You're going to hit your head against a wall. You cannot go against creation. You just can't, dear friend. You can't. You will hit your head against a wall. This whole thing goes back to autonomy. What I decide. But no, we must submit to the authority of God's word. He says, you were washed. You were sanctified. Moeller says we should be preaching true liberty and we should be ready to receive the refugees from the revolution. We should be ready at Crossway Church to receive the refugees from the revolution. Those who are awakened and say, no, this, I thought this was freedom. This is slavery. alongside and we move out listen we move out even today not in not in belligerence not in yeah man he gave me more ammunition this morning because I'm mad no I am mad about the state of our country absolutely but we don't move out in belligerence we move out in love we move out in holy boldness and we say if you say I'm born gay and by that you mean this is who I am and I can never change we say oh dear friend I love you. God made you. God loves you. He calls you to repent. We talk to them directly with boldness about the gospel. We don't prance around it. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. All things made new. I told you I was going to give you all the passages. You can write these down if you want, or maybe just remember them. 1 Timothy 1.10. 1 Timothy 1.10.
which goes on to say a few verses later, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul says, of whom I am the chief. Jude chapter, or Jude verse 7. Jude 7. Which shows that the sin in Sodom definitely included uh, homosexuality. And so what? And so what? So you go back to the beginning. Creation. Creation. I'm about done. Listen, you've been patient. This has been long. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That's Genesis 2.24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Genesis 1.27 So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That's all you got to do. I'm not trying to make it too simple. Go back to the beginning. Genesis 1.27 and Genesis 2.24 Genesis 127 and Genesis 224, which, by the way, Paul picked up and Jesus picked up. Jesus quotes these two passages. What is God's intention from creation? It has not changed. It has not changed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin Live to righteousness. He bore the wrath of God on the tree in our place, in the place of everybody who will repent of their sin and believe in the only Son of God. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Perhaps it's been a lot. Help us, Lord. We thank you for the clarity of your word. We are living in uh, new days, but at the same time, we should also say that we're living in days that in some ways are very similar to the first century. So we should not act like these days are totally unique at all. Your word tells us as much. We're living in the last days. We pray, come Lord Jesus, please guard us from pride. Guard us from a spirit of condemnation. Guard us from not speaking the truth. Help us to speak the truth in love. Oh Lord, help us. We thank you for the Bible. We thank you that you are indeed a God of love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.